This is a Town Roots Podcast, episode number 47. Welcome to the Town Roots Podcast, the podcast of, about, and for Oakland. No matter if you live in the town, do business here, or are visiting, we have something for you. And now, your hosts, Anthony Wilson and Vincent Hayes. Hey, everybody. So today we have the pleasure of having Aaron Stewart on from Mexicute. And before we get started, Anthony, how you doing? And Aaron, how are you doing as well? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. I'm doing well, doing well. Glad to have Aaron here today. Yeah, I'm 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 really intrigued by Mexico. I I I love there's a couple of places that that I've been to that have like great Mexican barbecue, but I've never visited Mexico yet. And so like I'm I'm anxious to hear about this. So without further ado, Aaron, take it away. And I can already tell I'm gonna be hungry. I already know. Yeah, this is right uh, so up my alley. I'm Chef Aaron Stewart, um, owner and head chef of Mexico. Um, <clears throat> I'm from East Oakland, born and raised. Um, I grew up in a predominantly like Hispanic neighborhood back when I was a kid. So I did. I spent a lot of time with my Mexican friends, hanging out, doing their kind of asada thing. You know, going to church with them, just being at parties, that kind of thing, and. As time went on and I got older, I started cooking. Um, I worked in a couple high-end restaurants under some nice chefs, but decided to do my own thing. And when I decided to create my own cuisine, it was the first thing that popped into me was like Mexican barbecue thing. Because where I grew up, uh, a lot of Mexican food was being cooked. And my father did a lot of smoking the meats back then. So it was always a... Anytime there was a holiday or a party, we kind of shared those foods with each other. So me growing up with all that, eating all that kind of stuff, when I decided to do my own, it's, it just seemed like the natural thing to do. Again, I'm born and raised in East Oakland, where my whole life has been predominantly Hispanic and Black people around me growing up, schools, everything. So this seemed like to be the most natural thing to come up with. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued. So what do you call, what, what do you consider Mexican barbecue? And, and like, how does that differ for, differ from traditional American barbecue or maybe Memphis barbecue and all the other stuff? That's a, that's a great question. Cause as, as saying I do any kind of barbecue, no matter where I'm at, I always get asked that question. Like, oh, what style are you doing? Memphis? Is it Kansas City? Is it Texas style barbecue? And to the best of my knowledge, I repeat this. I'm from California. I'm from Oakland. This is just barbecue to us. Like I wasn't raised with with parents who that were from there who cooked that style of food. So it was like to me, it's like I don't know nothing about that. I just know the cuisine and the flavors and the foods I grew up with. Doing that, I think what what makes us different is that I really being a chef and being a classically trained chef, I have all these techniques, and you you learn to appreciate certain things in cuisines and how, how things are cooked and all that kind of stuff. So I think what drove Mexico was the fact that I spent a lot of time around Mexicans and Hispanic culture. My fiance is Mexican. This was something that I was, these things I was always around. So it was like, if I'm going to take from them, borrow these things, I have to, as a chef, I have to treat it as delicate as possible to keep it traditional, man. I don't want to I don't want, I, I used to tell my fiance this is like the most important thing to me is that it, it might sound weird that 
Mexicans taste this and they say, okay, this is real. This tastes like my mom's mole. This tastes like the my, the beans my grandmother used to make or this stuff like that. Because in our culture, Black people, it's all nostalgia. It's all emotion. It's all my grandmother cooked this. My mother did this. So you can't compete with these things. All these foods are tied to emotion and, and feelings and memories and all these different things. So as a chef, it's like I have to do my best to keep it pure but then as a chef, I have to put a twist on it. So being Mexican barbecue, all our all our flavors are traditionally uh, Mexican as far as our dishes, tortas, and uh, uh, we do tacos, we do empanadas, we do a lot of different things. So, but what I do on the barbecue side is all the meats are smoked, and I'm smoking smoking these meats by hand, old school style, a barrel. 100-gallon barrel pit my father's had for like 30 years that we call Bertha. We trust Bertha. I know where Bertha's hot zones are. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I know how to cook a 20-plus-pound 20, 20 brisket for 20-plus hours in that thing without burning it. You know what I'm saying? And I want to... I, I, what I didn't want is the people to taste my food and just thought, think, oh, you just put brisket on a tortilla. All right. It's, it's, it's so much more than that, man. Like the flavors go so deep. The, the dishes are so traditional, how we present them. Um, we infuse kind of everything else. We make a homemade tequila barbecue sauce made with mezcal. So it's got this nice smoky flavor to it. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with moles, but I, I make mole, man. It's a, it's a crazy dish. It's a, oh, yeah. It took me a long while to perfect these things, man. We went as far even going to Mexico with my fiance to like travel to these different places and, and taste these things that I grew up tasting, but kind of regional. And in Mexico, uh, a mole is kind of like how gumbo is for black people. Everywhere you go is different. Every, every household, every town, every city, every, everywhere you go, somebody's got a different method for it or a different ingredient. And again, that's the thing about f- food that I fell in love with. Man. Everything's different. But it, it's all the same. Yeah, every, and you, you respect the little twists and tweaks to everything. And, but everything comes from the same place, man. Love and, and, and family, man. So, you know. That's awesome. I, uh, so I, 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 I really wish I could dig more into this. Uh, but like, uh, I know we got to kind of keep this kind of reined in. So um, what, what made you start this business in Oakland? Uh, like I said, I'm I'm from East Oakland. I'm born and raised from East Oakland. Um, and it was more important to me to have this business in the community where I was brought up and have respect for the community. I was brought up the people that grew up around me. This is this, pretty much the same neighborhood and area I grew up in that we started the business. And to me, it was just a way to like show love back to where I came from, where how it all started, man. This is this is where I'm from, the pop-up that we started, uh, we started the pop-up originally, and now it's turned into a catering business, but the pop-up was originally in my parents' driveway where I grew up. So people will come from all over and eat the food, but this is in the same place I grew up in the driveway, man. So it's like that sense of community, different people being around, like that, I wanted that feel more than anything. Hey, Aaron, I told you you were going to make me hungry and you succeeded. I'm like, I'm ready, I'm ready for a snack right now. <laughs> <laughs> So I love the mixing of the cultures, right? And I, th- I think that's great. And I love how you, you're talking about um, bringing in emotions, how you want people to eat it and, and, and think of 
how their their grandmother cooked this or how their mother cooked this and and the traditions all that that goes along with that. Um, but but tell me this: what is your specialty dish? Like, what if I came to your spot? What do I have to have? You got to have the brisket, man. And then in the brisket, that's the that's our that's our best that's our number one hitter right there, man. I usually usually briskets go at least for like 20 hours. And again, that's me by hand, which to other people, it sounds real nice. Oh, 20 hours, man. Cool. It is nice until it's like hour 14. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to keep myself up to throw more wood on there. But yeah, the brisket, definitely the go-to anywhere. Any tacos, tostadas, however you want it, but, but definitely the brisket. Yeah, that's where I was going next. Is like, how? What's what's your signature dish with the brisket? Is it you do the torta? Like, what what is it that that you that like people come back for every time? Uh, usually, it was the tostadas, man. Uh, brisket, we we do all we do have the brisket sliced as a, as a plate style, and people love that. But I think that with everything else that goes on with the tostada, the, the beans and the lettuce and the sauces and the cheese and everything that crunch, and I think that's what that's what that was our that was our number one item right there, if anything, the tostados. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier a lot of your inspiration came from your dad being a being a a pit master. Yeah. Your, your <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. So does he cook with you? Well, yeah, he still does, man. He mm-hmm. I try to get him not to do it so much, but he's retired, man, and it just it keeps him busy. He likes yeah. doing it. So I gotta let him handle it. I tell you, the first two years into it, I didn't trust myself making the brisket, man. I only let him do it. So, <laughs> and that's me. That's coming from somebody who was trained to do this. And he's just yeah. like, I'm like, oh, I still don't think I got it yet, man. Like, you hold on to it. You keep doing those for me. I'll handle everything else. Man. And so you talked a lot about your training. Why don't you let us know a little bit more about that, about your training and other restaurants that you worked in? I'm, I'm oh, curious to hear uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, so I worked in a, what's, what's crazy is my kind of career kind of went back. Man. I started off in restaurants, just happened to get a job and then kind of got taught hands on by, by a fine dining chef. And when you're when you have no training and you're being taught hands on, everything is see and repeat. They show me how to do something. Tell me what to do. And I can repeat that process for you again. So after that, after working in a couple of different restaurants, um, I decided to go to culinary school and that's where kind of everything kind of changed for me. I went right here at, in Laney, Laney Culinary. Um, and that's where it all changed from. It was like, I, I walked in being a little big headed because I had been, been cooking in restaurants for a couple of years now. I'm fine dining, all these things. And then to get in there and everything kind of slowed down for me. It kind of sucked it in the beginning, but it kind of humbled me, man, because again, I was a I was a re- see and repeat chef at that time. I knew all these things only because somebody showed me how to do it. But then when you get in these classes and you start learning the techniques of the, how these things really came about and really the process of how, how all these things are done, it gives you a finer tuning of what you're really doing. So it kind of sharpened my skills more than I already had. Because again, it was like, oh, I know how to do this, but I don't know if I can add these little things turns into a completely different thing. All these all these notes and all these cooking with different people and all this stuff. So it's like, yeah, that that really, really gave me an edge. And I think it was right after culinary school is when I decided to start my own business. Cause it was like, I'm just like, okay, I'll knowing all this stuff, I'll, I'm never gonna cook for anybody else again. And it's like I need, I need to 
do my own thing. Cause in, 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 in my business in the restaurant industry, man, like if it's not your restaurant, you're not making the menu and you're not getting the choice of how things are being cooked and made and your ideas might get, they don't get heard as much. And it's all, all these, all these other things. And it's like any chef, it's like, okay, man, I want people. It's like, we're a greedy, greedy breed. I want recognition. I want people to like my food. I want people to say, yeah, that chef right there, his food is good. So it's like only way I can do that is if people are eating my food and it's not somebody else's, man. <laughs> so did the aha moment come to you while you're in school? Sort of walk me through that kind of. What was yeah, the so, point? You're you know, in school. You want to open your restaurant. What was the moment that you said, yeah, this this is definitely what I need to do? When a chef I really highly respect pulled me to the side and told me, like, you need to be doing this on your own. Like, you got ideas. I've seen you take these things we're doing and do other things with them. It's like, I think you have a creative mind. Maybe you should try just creating a menu on your own one day just for fun. So that's kind of where it started. And once that menu started creating, it was just like, oh man, I can do this. And then it was like, one day I'm talking to my fiance about, okay, if if I was to do this, what, what, what kind of food will we do? And then the whole Mexican barbecue thing came up by mishap. She was like, oh, you should do some Mexican. And she was like, oh, I mean Mexican barbecue. And I was just like, no, hold on. I was like, that name right there. And that's what the name just got it. And this was like, oh man, like that sounds so great. Like, like let's start. Okay. What if we took tamarind, tamarind and did this with a saucer? And that's where kind of where it started, man. And then it was just like, after I think that last semester I was bringing my classmates and chefs like, Hey, try this for me. Hey, what do you think about this? Like try Tell me what you think about this. Take it home, put it on something. Tell me what you think. So that's what got it going right there. And so was Mexico already a thing or did you make it a thing? It, we made it a thing. The name came first. And then it was like, at that time, you're st- I'm still trying to decide what to do, what to do. And I'm not really doing anything. I'm just playing around with stuff. But the, the Mexico was always in my head. Like I just, the name just kept ringing and ringing and ringing. And it was just like, okay, man, let's, let's fucking do it. <laughs> so, and, and again, like me going from working in restaurants to starting your own business, it's like, I think that was the biggest and scariest thing I had was just putting myself out there for people to to judge me. I'm putting, I worked on the menu for like almost two years before we even put food out there. So it's like, dude, this is, this is me and all my, and all my woe, like, please accept this food and tell me it's good. So how did you, when you're ready, so you worked on the menu for two years, but then what was the moment you said, this is ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to put this out for people. Uh, my fiance telling me he's, basically stop BSing. Like, you know, like, I don't know what, what you waiting on. You got the menu. What do you, what you waiting on? What you waiting on? And she is a business owner herself. So it was like, you know, she's coming, she's coming from experience. Like, no, you got to do it. You got to do it right now. You got to do it right now. And it just pushed me to one day put an Instagram post saying I'm starting to pop up, come by on this day. And, and then it went from there, man. So you mentioned pop up a couple of times. You said catering. Do you do you have a truck? Do you do online orders? Do you have brick and mortar? Kind of where where do you sell? So uh, right now we're we're catering. We mostly do parties and events like that. But um, at this moment we're almost ready to open up, which home restaurant here in East Oakland. So um, it's a big thing that's coming up. So people can catch us there soon enough, man. That's a twenty twenty three thing. 
Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not want to put no date on it, but yeah, we we want to get it out there as quick as possible. We working working for a while um, in a home in East Oakland, right around the corner from where I grew up at. So it's like just trying to make everything get ready to to, to work for us. Now you mentioned fiance a couple times. Does she work in the business? Not even, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's a she's a teacher. She runs her own daycare, man. She works with kids, but she's a business person way before I was. <clears throat> and that's something I had to learn how to be because, again, I, I'm just a chef who just wanted to make good food and people like my food. I didn't know nothing about running a business or being a business owner. So she's she kind of like just taught me how to how to have that role and be that business owner. And it's like, okay, I got to make decisions. You got to, I got to make things happen. Nobody's going to do this for me. This is my thing. I have to do all these things. So it's like, get out there, get out there, get out there. Stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to go bad. But like, as long as you don't quit, man, you'll get it. You'll get it. That's absolutely right. I think that's, that's um, everything encapsulated about business in one comment. Just get it out there. I mean, the reality um, for you, though, is like you're kind of stepping out there in kind of a niche that like not many people can say that they are, are a part of or doing because like I've never really exclusively heard of a Mexican barbecue place like you, you, you typically have like a Mexican restaurant and they have like some ribs or they have a dish or two that's got some uh, barbecue that's inspired uh, or some uh, that, that's got some barbecue inspiration. But like you, you got a full on Mexican barbecue um, uh, uh, establishment going. And so like, how do you like, how do people receive that when they when when they taste your food? Like, whoa, this is this is not something that I really expected. Or is it like this is spot on? How do they how do they receive it? It varies, man. It, it's a lot of different feedback from different people, man. And, and again, that's I think that's the beauty of what I do. I'm not, I'm not expecting the same thing over and over again. <clears throat> um, I've had people come to the pop up and a guy told me that this rice was better than his grandma's. And we laughed and joked. He came back next week with his grandma to have her taste the rice. And of course, he. Now, what, is she, what, course, did, what did grandma say? What did grandma of course, say? it wasn't better than hers, but she she enjoyed it. She enjoyed it. But but that's that's what I'm saying. It's like, like I said, the again, with the barbecue and the Mexican culture, everything is like really deep rooted in connection to family, man. Or an experience you've had with people or the way certain people cook certain things, man. So to, to have people come here with an open mind, knowing that Mexican barbecue, it sounds a little weird. It's a little different. What do I expect? What, what can I expect here? And it's like, I, I, that's why I think more importantly, we try to keep the dishes as traditional as, as, as I can, because again, this is something that even I grew up eating a lot. So it's like, man, I don't want to change it too much. I want people to look at it and know what it is. The ingredients might be different, but it's, it's, it's something you recognize. So I think that's important. I think that's important, man. Man, I'm getting hungry. Getting really hungry. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this then. Um, so it sounds like you kind of got started uh, around the pandemic timing or when it got started. So like, did that make you think about doing business differently? Did it change like your, your trajectory in terms of where you were headed? Like how did it affect So we were, we started a little bit before the pandemic. We were pretty much just kind of a pop-up and being around it here in East Oakland and a 
think a bar or two we might have been doing pop-ups at at that time. So when the pandemic hit, it completely shut us down as a as a business because we all we did was pop-ups. So we totally had to pivot how we did business to stay alive and stay relevant. And it's a lot of people, a lot of places weren't lasting. A lot of small businesses were just were just dropping and getting knocked off and couldn't hang. So we went from like being a pop-up to having carry-out and delivery, switched our whole menu to family-style dinners. which came with everything with its sides, breads, drinks, the meat, everything, to kind of bring back more of that feel because now everybody's stuck in the house. Everybody's been cooking. Everybody's tired of cooking. But growing up at that family table eating dinner, that's something that I don't think anybody does anymore. And that brought a lot of... A lot of you, everybody was forced to be in the house and be together. So why not be here, enjoy some good food and get back to that family dinner style stuff, man, where we could just all sit here and and, and talk and relate to what's going on. Everybody's at that time. Everybody's tired. Everybody's stuck in the house. Everybody, everybody's going through the same things. So I just wanted, we kind of had to try to make it easier for everybody to survive, me included. Things were crazy. So yeah, we just kind of just pivoted the way we did business. So you talked about the challenges that you had vis-a-vis the pandemic. What about your biggest successes? Why don't you let us know what those have been? Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, starting to pop up, I never would have thought I would have been where I'm at today as a business owner. Um, We've gotten a couple write-ups since SF Eater. Um, I was nominated as one of the best Bay Area barbecue chefs in like 2019. And that was crazy because that I, I had no knowledge of this at all. So when I got sent a plaque by the San Francisco Chronicle and SF Eater and all this thing, it was like, holy, it's like, wow, like this is, this is something I wanted people to like my food and they like my food, man. And we've done a couple of things, caterings for mayors and a couple of celebrities and it's it's all it's all great man it's it's all it's all awesome stuff but to be perfectly honest with you my biggest thing was how we used to have at the pop up um we would get white people from walnut creek we would get mexicans from here and then there'd be some brothers sitting here right up from the street who obviously smell like marijuana you know same but it's like three different types of people from three different backgrounds all sitting at this table in my driveway, eating the same food and talking. And everybody's conversating with everybody, man. That, that, that to me, that's probably like the most thing I'm proud of, man. Just having people around talking and eating and people getting to know me and me knowing them. And that, that face-to-face kind of stuff, man, that, it doesn't happen a lot. But that's something I was super proud of, man. I got to meet a lot of people. A lot of people are still around who I, I consider friends and real good people now. And it's been four or five years later, man. This is somebody who just walked into my driveway to buy some food. Now now I'm at their kids' birthday parties and stuff, man. It's just things you wouldn't imagine the people you meet, man. That's 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 probably what I'm most proud of. How do the pop-ups work? Like, do you just post something on social media and the people yeah, come? Is there so, a schedule yeah, to them? We just post up on, uh, on our IG, um, said East Oakland Smoke. On Instagram, we just usually put it out there if we have a pop-up. But like I said, right now we're shifting, so we're just kind of focused on catering. 
till we get this pop-up thing uh, ready to go back again. All right, cool. Well, um, let's see. I could go all day on this topic, but I, 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 I think we're at our time limit. <laughs> but so I'm, I'm just got to show up at your house and I'm going to get some of that food. Hey, shoot me, shoot me an email. Send me your address or something, man. Let me send y'all some of this barbecue sauce, man. Oh, I will. Yeah, for sure. Let us yeah, know we, when there's going to be a pop-up. Yeah, oh, man, man. That's what I want. <laughs> Check it I out. Wanna, let's wanna, set wanna, something, wanna up. Let me something up for y'all next week. And I got, I got maybe next... No, sorry. Give me two weeks. I got I got some things coming up this week and next week. Okay. And after that, we're good. I'm gonna just hook y'all up with the with the Mexican sampler, a couple of different meats, a couple of different size, the whole shebang, nice. man. Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. yeah I'll definitely. I'll look, I'm gonna shoot you an email. Yeah. Please. Let please. You do, man. Yeah. Please yeah. Do. Yeah. All right. So, um, so this has been amazing, man, and I I I feel like so intrigued and can't wait to taste the food. So. If you could, could you tell people how they can find you and, and what's the best way to get some of the food from Mexico? Awesome. Yeah, you guys can find me on East Oakland Smoke on Instagram or uh, MexiQNow.com is our website. We take orders from there and or just look out on our Instagram for our pop-up location. Thank you for listening to the Town Roots Podcast. For more information about the show, to leave comments and connect with the hosts, head over to www.townroots.com.